What's up, everyone? Welcome to Getting Grilled. I am your host, John Grill, and I'm joined today by another member of the Pop Culture Collective here, and that is the one and only Daniel Haas, Dr. Haas, whatever you want to call him. What's up, Dan? It all started with the email. It did start with the email. Dr. Haas. Dr. Haas. I'm not going to give him the other part of that because I don't want you getting, like, weird emails from weird people on the internet asking you or telling you that you got like an inheritance and to send them a hundred thousand dollars and they'll give you a million back okay that's good i don't want that yeah i don't don't want you to get scammed man no i don't know so we're also joined today by one of dan's co-workers and friends uh the very talented kate ortiz who is here to talk about some music she's putting out in the next couple months and we're gonna also talk about who would win in, in a wrestling match or an actual fight between Dan and Kate. Um, my money is actually on Kate. Um, smart man. I, I, I'm a smart man. Um, I've learned over the years that it's just, Dan, you, you suck. She's got legit kickboxing skills. I got I to gotta account for Oh, that's awesome. So we have, we have amateur wrestling versus kickboxing. That's some old school UFC stuff right there. Right. I like Probably it. It would be an interesting fight. It would. It would be. I'm, I'm small, but I'm, I'm quick. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Dan is neither of those things. Quicker. <laughs> no, no. I've endurance, endurance, and uh, can go for a long time for my hiking training. You know, like nice. I will go for like 15, 15 minute rounds and have no problem. I think I need to set up a ring in my backyard. <laughs> I mean, I live in this... is, We're trying to get Lake House to do it, and they're just not interested every time we bring it up. So, I funny think story. Incredible. Something to do with liability. So funny story about that. Before we get into Kate, before we get into your music. So my sister is a bartender in Los Angeles. Her and her husband are both very talented bartenders. Um, and funny enough, in, in L.A., because it's L.A. and they can do whatever they want, they have a bartending boxing league. And it is a legit boxing league. It is televised on YouTube. And both my sister and her husband are part of his boxing league. My, my sister won her championship. Um, I think uh, Mitch, her husband, did as well. Um, the funniest thing is that the finals were between him and her ex from years ago. That's incredible. It is. Awesome. It is. That's, it is. that's, like, that's like, that, that, that's legit WWE-like storyline, right? It is. <laughs> Dan, did I never send you that video of Dude, her kicking no, the shit out of someone? I've never seen a video of, of KG kicking the shit out of somebody. Why? Why is there not a like a musician version of that here? Because we'd be the only two members, Kate. I guess musicians are soft. <laughs> Dude, I, they, don't, they, they don't want to fight ever. <laughs> can I be someone's manager? Like wear like ridiculous clothing and like, I don't know. Absolutely yes. It, yeah, you got the beard and the ball head. You have a you have a pro wrestling villainous manager look to you. <laughs> oh, I can do it. That'd be awesome. So yeah, the Montgomery Burns finger twiddles. Yes. Okay. So Kate. Yes. How are you? I'm good. How are good. you? I'm I'm fantastic. Uh, so let's talk about your music. So we, we talked a little bit before we started recording. What what are you doing? You told me that you're not putting out an album, that you're doing just monthly singles, which I want to get into a little bit. But what what inspired you to write these songs? Why why now during uh, you know this crazy time to put out music? Like what's going on? Well, all of my songs are just kind of based on my own personal experiences 
And um, so actually five of the songs that I'm going to be releasing this year, two of them already released, um, they were part of an EP that I had recorded over a year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago at this point. Um, But I never ended up releasing it because things in my personal life got kind of chaotic and crazy. And it just like, I just kind of stopped caring about music for a while. But um, I'm like finally back into it. And then during... Uh, you know, this past year of this pandemic, I've been spending a lot of time writing, you know, there was just nothing to do when we were just in lockdown. So I just sat and I wrote and recorded. And then I decided it was, it was finally time to start putting some songs out. Um, Another big reason is because ultimately what I want to do is write songs professionally. Yeah. Other people. And I have to have songs out in the world to be able to be like, this is what I can do. You know, it, it's really cool. So there's a couple of things I want to touch on here. So first and foremost, even though the pandemic has been, obviously it's been shitty for everyone. It's been a rough time, especially here in, in on the East Coast, United, United States as a whole. But I've noticed that even though live shows are gone and, you know, music as an industry has changed, there has been so much music being made because musicians have time now. Isn't that weird? As a musician, like, and Dan can tell you, I never have time to do jack shit. Yeah. Like, I these drums behind me, I'm down in my studio, everyone. Like, I if I get to play them twice a week, I'm a happy guy. But since last March, I've been down here almost every day for, you know, at least a little bit of time, you know, playing and, and writing and getting to record with some with friends, you know, over the internet through the magic of digital recording now. And like, you know, I, I think it's really cool that we have time right now to record. Yeah, time, time's cool. Time's definitely cool. I talk about that when I when I, when I meet with Rachel and we get together and we talk about, like, they really don't have, like, like, a deadline to do anything right now. No one's playing shows. Nobody's, you know, there's no movement on that front. This is, like you said, it's, oh, it is a time for, to, for if you're going to write songs, to write songs, and she's been writing songs, you know. Not everybody's going to write songs during that time. Guilty. <laughs> uh, you know, because you know, and it has hasn't that hasn't been as inspiring for me. There's been nothing that's really been kind of like eh, I want to write about this. It just hasn't hit me that way. But it has definitely made me. I've definitely played a lot more and practiced a lot more. You know, during the pandemic. So there's there's definitely a benefit. There's more time just to do music in general. I guess I agree. So Kate, I know that some of the songs uh, are from about a year ago are they all connected in a certain way or is every song like different topics or what do you got? I guess everything's a little bit different. Um, you know, some topics I'll, I'll come back to, I'll revisit more than once if it's something, you know, that was significant or I feel strongly about, but I, I'm not going for like any kind of theme. I'm, I'm not someone who really writes with like a concept in mind. Cool. I, I don't even, when I go to write, I don't even sit down like this is what I'm going to write about most of the time. Occasionally I'll do that. But for me, it's usually just like a, a free flowing idea i'm just like okay i have an idea for a song and then i just kind of go that's awesome you don't always have to Sorry. 
What was the first song you released as part of this whole single monthly single? My what? first song was called is called Apologize. Um, and it's more of like yeah, it's more of like a pop rock kind of like up tempo song. So you I kind of speaking to... my language. <laughs> it's a pop, dude. It's a jam, dude. Is it? Yeah, it's a jam. Nice. Yeah. The funny thing about that song is, I, I believe that that's the one I wrote. I was like, I tried an idea. I was like, what would I write if I was gonna like write a song for Kelly Clarkson? And that's kind nice. of like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that woman has pipes. I would, I would be so intim- intimidated to write a song for her because I'd be like, okay, she's got range, she's got power. Am I oh, going to insult her? Limited. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to insult her, but that's awesome. That's yeah, cool. so I wanted that like kind of like you know power pop rock kind of thing when I started that one and uh, and the funny thing about that song too is I had I wrote rewrote the part so many times like to the point where I was like I don't know about this song and then like I finally got it right and I was like you know then the people were like oh this is one of my favorite songs you've written so it, that was kind of cool. That's awesome. What about the second one? This one has more of like a Spanish style guitar and it's all like acoustic. Um, and this one, it's another one that like when I initially wrote it, I was like, is this song boring? But then like when I got deeper into it, I was like, no, this song is cool. Once I like started putting like drum ideas to it and nice. like really, really building on what I had originally. The performance is important too. You know, how you perform the song makes it interesting and, you know, and how you, uh, you know, just how you present the audience. You can take something that's only, you know, we've proven a million times in music, you can take something that's only three chords and make it interesting. Maybe you've heard it a million times, so maybe that's why it's like, oh my God, is it boring? But, you know, to the untrained eye, if it sounds interesting, it sounds fun, Yep, we're going to embrace it. So let yeah. me, I'm going to add on to that. Here. Sorry, Kate, go ahead. Go ahead. And then, like that's one of my favorite parts of songwriting is you start you start really simple with one idea and then like you could like create like almost like a whole world in in your song when you add the other stuff. I agree. So I want to add a story. So I, uh, as well as teaching band, I'm very lucky to teach a history of rock and roll course for my high school students. And just before break, we got to folk rock and we get to Bob Dylan, who I'm I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan as a songwriter. He writes great music. And when we get to it every year, I, I warn my kids. I'm like, listen, like you might not like him, but he's super important. And I get, I'm so surprised every year because they separate his performance style from his lyrics and they're most of the time they like it. And then I'll play like the studio version of like the times they are changing then a live version. And they up liking the live version because they understand like the passion that's going into his lyrics as well. And I think that has a lot to do with it. I've heard it a million times. Maybe I don't think it's not a good song, but like, Oh, they're going to be bored. But to the untrained ear and eye, you hear something for the first time, like a, 15 year old hearing the times they are changing or blowing in the wind and they're like whoa so i think that has a lot to do with songwriting as well like you know 
we don't know just, what someone's going to hear from a song the first time they hear it. Yeah, just excitement. It was funny. I was with, I don't remember who I was talking to or with the other day, but we were looking at a picture of Jimi Hendrix from maybe like the late 60s. Beautiful man. And, and you could see the crowd and like everybody's just sitting in the crowd like this. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if I saw Hendrix, I would be freaking out. Like, like. Oh. But that's how it was back then. But they were probably just mystified by something they never heard. Like, I wonder if these people are mystified by hearing something they've probably never heard before. Because they were no also on mescaline like and that. LSD. And... Oh, they looked. They were all dressed nice. I mean, they might have done. Yeah, that's what that that spaced out look was. They're no, like, it's just drugs. It's just drugs. Whoa! I have to drag it on here. stage. <laughs> There's a Bob Dylan uh, connection right there, you know, all along the Watchtower. Um, Can I? I have to. I have to ask Kate because John, I know you know who produced it, those two tracks. Uh, Kate, can you talk about who the producer on those? Two oh, tracks? yes, yes. Uh, you so know, they, you know this person, John. They they uh -oh. were mixed um, and co-produced by Jeff Kalemba of Canyon Music. Canyon <laughs> Music and Jeff Kalemba. Oh my God, Jeff. Jeff is another good friend of mine. Um, I know him very well. I live right by him. So. Oh, okay, you're over did there. Did you record down at Canyon Music? Yes, I did. No for way! Those, for those two, yeah, yeah, those two I did. That is a hidden gem, that place. That yeah, is I recorded there before, too. Absolute hidden gem, uh, Canyon Music. Shout out to Jeff and Canyon Music. Also, <laughs> if you ever need an amp repaired, he's really good at that, too. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, um, Jeff, the, Jeff used to run sound for us when, when Stolen Roads played the Army-Navy game. You know, yeah. Part of his like payment would always be like some you know some whiskey. And we would have like whiskey coffees the whole morning. That's still We're part of his payment plan. Yeah, exactly. I can imagine so. Funny enough, I am drinking whiskey. <laughs> I am drinking whiskey oh, coffee right now. We would just sit there. It'd be freezing cold outside the link in Philly. We'd be getting ready to play, and we were just sitting there sipping on on, on Irish coffees without the cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man, um, small world. We almost yes. got in a fight. We almost got in a fight with um, President Obama's Secret Service once. <laughs> Because they wouldn't, they were, we were trying to load out and they wouldn't let Jeff load out. And, you know, like, just like, well, somebody's going to pay me if I have to stay here. And we started <laughs> arguing with, like, legit, like, the Secret Service because Biden was there. <laughs> Jeff uh, would argue with the Secret Service. I was right there with them. <laughs> I could, and I'm picturing the smirk on his face when he gets like that. He gets this smirk, like, well, someone's got to pay me. <laughs> There's cigarette hanging out of his mouth. I love that man. Oh, yeah, I miss Jeff. Yeah, so yes, so I did like the 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 EP with him. Like it was like two years ago, and then nice. I finally started to release it. And then I have other ones that I didn't do with him. Like my third song wasn't a Jeff production. It's all right. So actually, that great segue, Kate. Kate, you're a natural born podcaster. Thank you. You do that. Many like skills. You've done this before. <laughs> oh, la like last year I did like, I, I was a podcast tour, if you will. Like basically every podcast that's ever existed in New Jersey. I just, I missed you guys. So I'm circling back. It's all right. Well, we weren't it's around right. last year. Yeah, we weren't okay. around. <laughs> yeah, we are then new. Then that we were only talking it. wrestling last year. Yeah, only pro wrestling. <laughs> so before we started recording, you said something very interesting. And, and it's something I talk about with my students all the time. And Dan, we talk about this too. You have chosen to release a single every month instead of an album. You said that I'm not quoting here, but you said the album, not albums are dead, but you know, albums are, are useless or something like that. And um, I happen to agree with you, but I want to get your take on that first before we uh, get into my thoughts on it. Oh yeah, sure. So like I had like in the past, I had recorded like EPs and stuff and I was going to do a full length and, and all that. But um, like if, if you, release an EP 
And unless you're unless you're touring and you're like have physical copies where you could sell them to people and they're really excited because they just saw you play and they want to buy your CD and they want to get your autograph. Unless you're doing that, they're kind of pointless because you release them all at once on you know all the streaming sites and then you look back and then everyone's listened to like they have the little dots of your most listened to one or two songs they listen to the first one or two songs or the one they've heard of and then they don't listen to the rest of it so yep. all of your hard work kind of gets buried in the mix because no one has that attention span anymore nobody nobody's going on spotify like ooh, i'm gonna listen to a new album today it's just like you have to they want singles i know dan i'm so sorry I'm sorry, but this is this is the I, world. I did that yesterday to the new Chris Stapleton album. <laughs> just, yeah, if you're Which is uh, awesome, but I just feel like for me, for my purposes, and for what I want to do, it doesn't make any sense. Especially since everything I'm writing is so completely different. You know, it doesn't feel like an album. They they feel like they have their own individual life. Like uh, like my third song that just came out on the 18th. Like as compared to like the pop rock song and then like the song with like spanish guitar and then this one is just like a dark pop song that's all orchestral strings and there's yes. no guitar. there's no guitar at all amazing <laughs> like they're all so cool. i feel like they're all a different world and a different journey and so everything should kind of be presented as its own thing also because of the internet and how we are nobody really has the attention span for an album and people are more interested in like, oh, what's the next new thing? So I feel like I can provide that better to anyone listening to my music if I'm just doing singles. So I agree with you. But here's the thing, and I'm going to go off dancing too because he got sad. First of all, <laughs> this album is, as always, the man's a genius. Writes, um, doesn't write, he doesn't write bad songs. He does crazy. not write bad songs. Anyway. But here's here's the thing. I will sit and listen to a new album that of an art established artist that I like. Yes. Like, right. I was just listening to, um, well, I listened to Stapleton's album, but I also um, just listened to Sturgill's new release, which he's put out these like B-side albums, which are pretty cool. But like, I'll sit and listen to that because I know that artist. But if it's a new artist, I'm kind of the same way. If I want to discover, I'll go through singles um, and I'm guilty of it too. And I, I mean, Honestly, it's the same with my students. My students, you know, whenever I play a good song, oh, they add it to their Apple Music. They add it to their Spotify. Are they going to go back and listen to, like, the whole album that that song's part of? No. no. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. And Kate and I were talking about this before you got on, Dan. This is how rock and roll started. Right. All music. Singles. Albums were not a thing until, right. in, you know, 1961. 70, 60s, 70s. 61, yeah. 62 with, with um, early Beach Boy stuff. And even the format AOR didn't become a thing until the 70s. Album-oriented rock. I mean, that's San Francisco in, in the late right. 60s, early 70s. You're right. right. No one no one listened to the whole album. It was one or two singles and then maybe some filler. So I have a couple things. Like, when I talk to students about this, you guys are 100% right about singles. And you're a new artist. It's a waste of time and money and resource to put out an album. Just do one single as you can afford it. Don't stress yourself. Don't go crazy trying to produce a whole album. It's just not necessary. Um, I do, I do, and I want to know your opinion on this, Kate. What if you were to write a batch of songs and they all were the same theme? Would you feel more compelled to release it as an album? She wrote a concept album. <laughs> I mean, yeah. now, 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 now. now. Um, yeah. I, I might feel more compelled, but also, like, I, I'm not. Right now, I'm not a, like a career songwriter. This isn't the only thing I'm doing. 
So like to commit six months a year into just going in and recording an album and not outputting anything, it just doesn't make sense for me. Right. And that goes back to what John said with the established artist. An established yeah. artist can just not do anything for six months and focus on their craft because the money from their last album is still, or the tour, the last tour is still paying for that. Now, you know, that's going to be weird to see how that works once touring gets back to where it's going to be and see if that if that changes at all. But um, we're, we're entering into a, a weird place. Yeah. Where it's going to be a very weird place after this is all over with music. And I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a weird time. <laughs> but like, yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree with that. Like a band like Muse. Yeah, go ahead. Go in the go in the studio f and release an album because like any Muse fans gonna listen to it because they right. have they have an established following. They've been around since the 90s. That makes sense for a band like that. I right, agree. Exactly. Here's the other thing though. They're collector's items. For yeah. Hard copies. Yeah. CDs are collector's items now. Vinyls are collector's that. items for, ba for bands you really like. Yeah, you, it's you, you that's you supporting them. You're not going to listen to that probably. You just, just came in the mail today. <laughs> Dan, it's 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 live at Fenway Park. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um so the other thing is and Kate, like you said it too, you have other things going on, you know, you're you're teaching music, you're you're, you know, young and living and life and figured everything out like all of us. I mean, I think we all figure out life until the day we die. That's just me. Um cuz I'm a scatterbrain. But like there are other things in life. So like, we don't have the time to sit and, and take the six months, but also that's got to keep it fresh for you. Like you're not bogged down for six months and maybe burning out a little bit. I don't know. I don't know how your writing process goes, but I would feel like it might burn, burn an artist out. I'm sure they get burned out. You know, I, uh, that, that's a really good point. So before, before I was doing all this stuff, I was in a, a hard rock band and we did like the typical band stuff with EPs and stuff like that and like playing them. And I would get really, really bored just like playing the same songs, but like, that's what you have to do when you're doing it in that way. But like, there, there's like a kind of like a freedom of being like, I'm not really performing. That's not really, well, no one's performing right now, yeah. but overall, that's not essentially my goal. I don't want to tour, you know, I don't want to. You know, maybe I'll play some shows because I, I love performing just like for myself. But ultimately, I just want to like have songs out in the world that I've written. So it's kind of like freeing in the way it's like, OK, I visited this song. I have released it. Now I get to move on to the next thing and like be excited about that. You're starting to see um, established artists do, too. I mean, obviously, once in a while, an artist will drop like one song. But in the past couple of weeks, we've seen Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters release just singles. I'm going to say it willy nilly. Yeah. Like. They released Shame Shame before that. They released another one a couple weeks before that. Like, I think this might be the way we're headed. And I think you might be ahead of the curve. And yes. Yeah. Well, John I, Mayer I, did that for Search for Everything. He released every song as a single and then released the album when it was when he released all the singles. I like that. And, you know, and it's the same thing with Kate. Like, I have something to look forward to from my favorite artists. And, like, Kate, like, I'm going to go and I'm going to wait every couple of weeks for you to release a song. And that's going to keep me excited and it's going to keep me fresh in your brain. It's not going to be, you know, if, if I buy an album, I listen to it and I put it away for a couple of weeks a month, revisit it, forget about it, sits in my, you know, album collection over here until I find it like a year later. No, I'm going to continuously think about you because you're going to be releasing a song every couple of weeks. Yeah, like, like every every month, uh, Spotify is like, hey, Kate's back. Yeah. So funny enough, I just got a, a, a Facebook message from my friend Frankie, who is in a, a band that's been on this podcast. And 
he basically said, we have a new single dropping tomorrow. Uh, if you can, please pre-save it. Like, there you go. Another, another band doing pretty much the same thing as you guys. Um, actually, they recorded at Lake House, I think. Question. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> what does the pre-saving do? Is it just a reminder or does it help your stats? It's got to help your stats. It's got to be a way. It's kind of like pre-ordering an album and how an album goes to number one before it was released. Is that true, Kate? Do you know any? Uh, so uh, I'm a little, honestly, I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, ignorant on the pre-saving thing. I've tried to get people to pre-save, and most people are like, "What's that?" And I'm like, <laughs> I, "Well, I know that when you pre-save it, uh, it automatically goes into your like your saved music." Okay. For, okay. For, so like once it's released, it's like it's, it's there. there now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean. I don't have a ton of success with it yet because right now I don't really have a following because I'm kind of starting from square one. But like, I could see that like, if, if you're a little bit more established, you have more of a following. It makes sense. Cause you're like, yes, the song's here now. So I, I'm going to, I'll ask them when we're done um, what, what it does for them. But I, to me, it's like pre-ordering an album and how like artist albums on billboard go to number one, like before their, their drop date, which is very unique to me that that could happen. I've pre-ordered two albums in my whole life. Have you? Yes. I always pre-order albums. Yes. I, I, actually, it's just what I do. <laughs> I pre-ordered the 35th anniversary of Born to Run when we Me lived too. in Boston. We Me were too. At Berkeley. And actually, I pre-ordered. <laughs> I pre-ordered the Dave Matthews Band live at Folsom Field album. Believe it or not. That's a great album. Well, I was at like the peak of my Dave Matthews fandom in high school, and yeah. that just happened to be the album coming out next. I was like, oh, I'm going to pre-order this. Yeah. So I'm looking over at my record. So I, I am a, I, I am a sucker for colored vinyl. I love okay. it. It's very pretty. Um, and uh, I'm bummed because we were going to take my high school band to Nashville the week before my school got closed down for the, uh, for the pandemic last year. And we got a tour of United Record Pressing, Jack Jack White's like record pressing plant. Yeah. And like I was gonna be able to make a record, but anyways, um, but like I pre-ordered just for that. A lot of the pre-orders I do actually, Dan, you'll you'll uh, you'll appreciate this. For some reason, Newberry Comics in Boston, Massachusetts, always is releasing classic jazz and be like bebop albums on colored vinyl. Like they just released. Okay. A whole bunch of Coltrane. Like I just got one. It's on like bright orange and blue. I was like, oh, it's the Mets and it's Coltrane. This is great. <laughs> but that's why. That's why I pre-order. I just, I really like colored vinyl. I don't know why. I. It's, that's why they sell it. For, yeah. For idiots, <laughs> for you idiots buy like it. me, you'll buy it. And, and also, like I, I am part of the stats that you know records outsold CDs for the first time since 1985 this year. So yeah, records that. are definitely, you know. The, the end thing is to put I mean, do cars even come with CD players anymore? They do not. They don't. Yeah, you no. have a new car. No CD? No CD player. Nope. If you, uh, you, you have to like player, order right? it, you have to order it special if you want a CD yep. player in your car. Yep. But otherwise, it's just like, here's your, uh, Apple CarPlay or your whatever CarPlay and an auxiliary cable or Bluetooth, and that's it. I remember when my mom, when we were younger, she, she got a Toyota minivan thing looked like a bubble it was hilarious and it was one it was like a 1991 it was one of her first toyotas to have a cd player we were like what the hell is this thing and i was like i don't know i went and bought some of these from the record store in howell because they had cds and um she put it in we're listening and every bump we hit it, it <laughs> so yep obviously first technology got a lot better but first cd i ever bought came from the record store in howell Ooh, me too me 
music and comics. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love that place. So my first CD ever was from there. What All right, we're going to we're going to go around. It was Dookie by Green Day. Nice. Thriller, Michael Jackson. Ooh. Ooh, I think my first CD ever was um Pokémon the first movie soundtrack. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> As I was oh, a small, as I was a small child when CDs were like bigger. I have my original red and blue cartridges, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I have that movie on VHS somewhere around. Here. Excellent. Yes. yes. I was a big Pokemon I, guy. Oh, never, me too. Yeah. Never tried to catch them all. Oh, dude. Oh, Only um, the first one fifty one. I did catch them all. You're looking at a Pokemon Blue Master, including Mew. Got them all. In, me too. Blue like, was the one. I didn't grade. like red. Nice. <laughs> Blue's better only because it's blue. How Agreed. do you get them? Agreed. All? How does one get them all? You have to trade for them with people who have red. Um, you have to, like, there's a special way to get Mew built into the game that Game Freak, like, released 20 years later because nobody figured it out. Yep. Um, otherwise, yeah. you have to go to special events or Game Shark. Yep. Like a cheater. I might have used my game genie. But I, I, I got it. I used my game shark to get Mew because I, I couldn't go to any of the events. I didn't know about them. I was like, I was a little kid. I was, I don't know. How old are you in like third, fourth grade? That's how old I was. 11-ish. That's I not think. cheating. That's like Ric Flair cheating. You know what though? I did the same thing, but I, I got my Mew with my game genie. But I also, because you can get a Togepi in the game too. And I got my Togepi. What? Oh, you better pull your you cartridges can, out. Yes. Togepi you can get a Togepi in red and blue? In red and blue? Yes. Yes. All right. Now my mind's blown. Yep. So it's actually 152. That's but, nuts. But Dan, oh God, it was I feel like, like a failure. You're not a failure. Dan, <laughs> it was ahead of its time because you'd have these Game Boys, and I think you needed a Game Boy Color, but like you literally had to attach a data cable between two uh, Game Boys to trade Pokemon because there was only certain ones on red and certain ones on blue. It was like a whole thing. But, uh, yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. I might pull my Game Boy out. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I have the newest one that's on... Uh... Sword and Shield? Yeah. Yep. I have a, I have a, a Switch. I haven't bought him yet. Um, we got a Switch over in Pandemic, and we've just been obsessed with Mario Kart. So. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one, too. And, no, and the new ones are great because they look like, they look like the cartoon. It's mm -hmm. like you're playing the cartoon. It's sick. Yeah. I also was obsessed with Pokemon Go a lot with my students. Oh, yeah. We had... Four, we have four gyms at my school and four Pokestops. Excellent. So, and I go and kick kids out of them all the time. <laughs> Just so. assert, assert your dominance as a teacher. That's what I do. That's what I do. Because <laughs> most of them are taller than me, so i got to assert it somehow. <laughs> you know, my students, some of my students are starting to get taller than me now. It's really, really weird. That is weird. You're a tall guy. You yeah. are tall. Damn. Yo, look, um, JD Leadersdorf's Leaders kid's, like, taller than me now. I remember is it Really? Yeah, dude. I remember. I remember when he was like. I mean, just he was a little nothing when he started, and all of a sudden, I saw him after quarantine. He was as tall as me. And I looked at John. I was like, "Dude, when did JD get taller than me?" He goes, "I don't even want to talk about it, man." It's so, weird. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about body stats, so really, who would win in a fight, Dan or Kate? Me, hands down. Kate Ortiz, champion. So I, I have this thing called the size advantage. Um, uh -oh. Dan's, a uh, Dan's a little bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Being smaller than him, you can run around him more. So like... there could be like, 
the, the legs are a big thing for her. I don't really have no, I have no leg game at all. You know, I mean, just, I just don't. So whereas, you know, Kate's got some really good kickbox game, but if I grab hold of one of those legs, you're fucking toast. Oh my god. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm slippery. I can get out of that. Nah, you ain't getting out of that. I got Dan in a really good headlock one time. It was sick. <laughs> And then I slammed you against the wall, and it was You okay. did slam me against the wall. I was fine, but certain people got upset, so. <laughs> people don't understand roughhousing anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's toughening people up. You know, there's nothing wrong with being, being toughened up like that, you know? Dan and I used I to kick the shit out of each other. Yeah, like, when I was a kid, like, we used to, like, me and my friends would fight all yeah, the time. Yeah, we fight, fight in the woods. It would wrestling matches, and then sometimes the wrestling match would turn into a fight because someone would get pissed. But then you... you, you, you <laughs> It was over with, and you moved on, and you did something Yeah, you're else. fine. It's you fun. fine. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, earlier you said, should I get a ring in the backyard? And yes, yes, you should. You have, he has room for it. I do have room for it. Excellent. Uh, funny enough, there's another, there's three high schools in the town I teach in, and uh, the one on the east side of town, one of the houses right behind it has a backyard wrestling uh, organization. Incredible. Um, and, like, we were there one night during marching band season. And um, like there was Dan, there was Pyro. Yes, yes, and uh, we found them on 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 YouTube. I gotta find them again. Like it's straight up backyard wrestling. Pyro, Pyro. Oh, noodle as much as I please. <laughs> as you can see, I turned down before I started practicing. And yeah, not uh, noodling. Oh my god, I don't we'll have. See. I guess my I can get my bass out, but. I don't, know if, I don't know if John knows about like the noodling and the Hosquatch. I, I keep my work. I know about Hosquatch. I don't know about your noodling. Well, no, it's it's they've they've taken like the Hos the, the, the term Hosquatch and made like a skit out of it and on our little TV variety show that our show produces. All right, Kate. The school produces. What 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 are we talking about here? So basically, the 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 thing is that like Dan, this big you know, woodland creature. Um, when the kids are noodling, he like comes in and like destroys the children. <laughs> like I abducted two kids like on screen earlier this year. It was pretty cool. I think, I think, I, I, <laughs> I need I to watch the, the show. I think, the, I think the producers felt a little uncomfortable after that scene. They haven't let me do it since. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll never see them again. Yeah. Poor children. Poor, poor Teddy. Poor JD. <laughs> it's like my, I need you to come down and, and, Hosquatch some of my students at school for playing when I'm trying to talk or oh, they, not practicing. They do it all. Uh, I, I have a couple, a handful of students that are just notorious for it. One of them I just think can't help himself. He just can. He, like, I'll I tell him to stop like it and he goes like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. <laughs> it happens. Now, you at least you have guitars and stuff. Imagine it being like a clarinet. Or sax, <laughs> or uh, drummer, drummer, I make my drummer, sometimes I just make him stand up and leave the drum set. Oh, oh, I do that, that all the time. That's a good move. That's a good move. Yeah, I like I that. I was like, just go I, walk over there. I tell my go drummers. Sit over there. Hit your leg. Do that. I don't care. You know. I tell my drummers they're, they're drummers until they stop noodling. Then I'll call them percussionists. And uh, apparently it's an uh, honor if I call them percussionists and not try drums. Try that one. You should. You I'll should. Try that one. But um, I've, I've taken drumsticks out of a kid's hand. At, at one point in my career, I got so mad noodling. I was so mad. I broke the drumstick in half. <sighs> I was like, stop. You know, that, that's, a, that's a power move. Yeah. I've done it to reeds, too. I've taken a reed off a kid's instrument and snapped it. I'm like, stop. I'm more into throwing things. Yeah, I can't do that in school. <laughs> I don't know if I can technically do it, but I always make sure to miss. 
Oh, you throw stuff <laughs> at the kids. Okay. Yeah, I just I just make sure to miss, you know. You know, okay. I thought I thought I was one of the more chaotic teachers, but you think you got me beat. I mean, yeah, my, my rooms can become chaos at times because it's like, it's very like, like I approach teaching music almost like more like coaching a sports team than teaching. A, I mean, it a, makes sense because yeah, I just feel like that's the type of motivation you have to have sometimes like that. I need to be the best at this. Like, I feel like sometimes like musicians get to like, it's like, oh man, it's just about just doing this music. And like, yeah, it is about the music, but you also have to give a fuck about not sucking too. Yeah, like, you do. You know, yeah. like that—that's a thing, and a lot of that comes from like I just think being, you know, competitive. Like I, I had that I realization in, about 15 years ago. It was I remember awesome. I had—I had a student who told me he's like, "As I don't think music is a competitive thing." I'm like, "Do you want to like do music your whole life?" He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, "You probably should think about it as a competitive thing because there's always going to be somebody better than you that yep. wants your gig, and then yep. you're not—you're just not going to get the gig, you know." And since then, that person got more competitive and they become a better musician. That's. You know? Awesome. There has to be a drive. There, you know, you you can, you can teach students how to find drive. You can't like teach them to use it, but you can teach them. You can give them ah. the tools to try and find it. So let me let me field this question to both of you: Is there a difference between competition and drive? Yes, I think drive is uh, just within yourself. You want to be better. You want to do the best you can be. Whereas competition is against someone else. Competition is like okay. almost the results of your drive, you know. Like, and you need you both, drive, right? And you and you have drive, and you put that you put that drive to use in competition, almost. Okay. Yeah, I think I almost I think that it's better to be driven than to be competitive, because it's really easy to get mad if you're not the best when you're competitive. But when you have the drive, it's just you're you're bettering yourself. So it's that's like, all. Yeah, and that's all part of like you know like like you know handling failure and handling not doing that's all a part of that's a big thing for musicians yeah. that i think a lot of young musicians don't understand and that it's okay to fail i i had this like the i had this the other day. one of my one of my bands recently we're talking about kelly clarkson did underneath the tree mm -hmm. Ooh. and uh shameless plug we're gonna be on news 12 uh today and tomorrow doing i'm that. dan my bands are on news 12 <laughs> shameless plug but anyway you know, wow. we were talking and, you know, they, you know, they're smart enough to listen to like the raw tracks and say, oh man, like, you know, these parts didn't sound as good here. And these parts, like they were able to listen to themselves and like hear where they needed work. And I almost had to like tell some other teachers and other people I work with that it's okay for them to hear themselves not do well. So that way they, they know where they are and they can set a bar and know what they have to do to get better. You know, and hearing that also made them have better performances when they were recording the song in the studio. If they heard yep. the first one, they realized, oh, wow, this isn't as good as we think it is. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. let them listen to it real quick. Okay, here's where you are. You know you could do better. Do better next takes. And the next takes, they did better. You know, one of the you best. You have techniques. to know how to handle failure and mistakes. One of the best things up. I teach, and, you know, I, I, I make this a life skill, at least in my stuff. And I'm sure, Kate, you do the same thing when writing an album because that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> self, uh, self-reflection and self-analyzation, um, mm -hmm. I'm sure it goes a long way when you're writing an album as far as, you know, like reflecting on, you know, but, I mean, you even said it, is this, you know, is this song good? Is this song not good? But then, you know, going back and reflecting on it and kind of telling yourself what's good and what's bad and kind of tweaking it from there. I think it's just li it's a life skill that goes beyond music, but I think it's very important. 
It is. I, like something I'll even do when I, I first have an idea and I'm like, do I like this or is it just new? Is I'll, like, I, I record a lot of like ideas on just like voice memos on my phone because I have yeah. it with me all the time. I can just get this idea. But then like I won't listen to it for a few days and then I'll listen to it again and then go with what my opinion is on like once I'm a little bit more m- removed from it. Or I know I really like it if I go a few days without listening to it, but I can't stop thinking about it. Then I'm like, OK, I'm on to something with this. I know it's a good idea. It's perfect. I might Nailed use that it. with yeah. my students. I might steal that. I hope you don't mind. I'll give you credit. Go, f- go for it. Yeah, thank you. Just T- TM Cater Tease 2020. You got it. You got it. Download my down, pre save my song on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell them, to fo- <laughs> tell them to follow me on Spotify. So actually, let's talk about that because we, we haven't yet. So obviously, you're on Spotify under your name, Kate Ortiz. Yes. Um, what else? Where else can our... Uh, where else can our fan base here find you? Like social Liter- media? Literally everywhere that streams music or has music literally my songs are on all of the major platforms spotify apple amazon you can find it on youtube on tiktok on instagram in the music stories thing yeah um like there's not i don't think there's anything that exists that my songs aren't on soundcloud that's amazing Uh, that's coverage right there that is coverage and yeah but that people can follow me on uh instagram or Twitter, and it's at I am Kate Ortiz. Nice. For I everything. Like, I like usernames like that. Like mine is at John Plays Drums. Like, yeah. I am Kate it's, Ortiz. It's easy to remember because I am Kate Ortiz. Not all of us have a doctorate. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Dan, what is your middle name? Uh, Robert. Ah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Every time he says it, and then you say DR, I think it at. What's that? Is that Beatles song where they, Dr. they mentioned Robert. Dr. Robert? Dr. Yeah. Robert, man. Is that <laughs> White Al- it's White Album, right? Uh, no, Dr. Robert's on Revolver. Revolver, Revolver. My, on my all-time top five albums of all time. I love my Revolver. Bad. My bad. That's an album that made me like think about music differently when I heard it. Mine's Rubber Soul. Kate, do you have a favorite Beatles album? Ooh, I don't like the Beatles. That's... This interview's over. Goodbye. Okay, bye. It was nice talking to you guys. It's okay to not like the Beatles, Dan. I just, um, I'm sorry. I just, I think they're boring. You know what? I tell I, I, when students who talk about students dealing with like failures and people not liking their music, I tell students all the time, like, just remember, there's people that don't like the Beatles. Yeah, I'm one of them. You know, I don't, and I don't, it, and, it, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, people, they're they're okay with the people who don't like them. It's just it, it is how it is. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like, I don't hate them. They don't burn my ears. It's just I'm never gonna be like, oh, this is what I want to listen to now. I hear you. So but let's I talk also, about that though. Yeah. Um, okay. Let, let me just say yeah, to put it into perspective for everyone is that I have very young parents, so I didn't grow up with that kind of music. I grew up with like Ozzy Osbourne and like hair metal. Amazing. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> bark at the moon. Hell yeah, it is. Nice. Yeah. Uh, a common <laughs> there it is. There's a uh, oh, commentary on this podcast is I just start playing random songs on guitar sometimes. It's true. Awesome. It happens. Yeah. Usually it's it's pro wrestling themes. But... Yeah, I, I know a lot of pro wrestling themes. Of yeah. course you do. Yeah, of course I do. So <laughs> obviously, all right. So you said a lot of Ozzy. What are your influences like? What is your favorite music, Kate? My favorite music. Uh, that's really hard. So it is. Um, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, always, always I tended to like, like I had favorite bands in high school and stuff, like the obligatory, this is my favorite band, but like, um, mostly I love songs. Um, I could love a song from an artist and think everything else they do is garbage. And like, I'm fine with that. Like they could have an incredible song. My favorite band, my favorite bands are though, uh, Muse and Veruca Salt. 
Oh my god, I love Rook. I was waiting oh. for Rook Assault. Yeah. Rook assault name drops. Okay. Eight, 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 arms, eight Arms to Hold You is a near-perfect album. I agree. All right, so Dan probably hasn't told you this, but I am obsessed Not, with 90s, 90s pop punk and, and like pop rock rocket music. Yes. The 90s, 90s rock, yeah, no, 90s rock is yeah. the best. So obviously Dave Matthews Band is one of my favorite artists, along with like, with like Led Zeppelin and all that. I don't consider Dave Matthews 90s rock, though. 1993, bro. Yeah, but it's not like nineties rock. Doesn't have the, the vibe jam, of nineties vibe yet. It's got man. the nineties vibe, but like Veruca Salt it's produced like nineties stuff. It is, but and like I, I'm so like all over the place with my nineties. Like I love, I love Bush. I love the Spin Doctors. I love Blues Traveler. I love, <laughs> like I can go anywhere with this stuff. Goldfinger. Oh my god. Like, yo, me and Sixteen Stone were like best friends. No, Sixteen Stone is grade. an amazing album. Um, <laughs> Oasis, like. Yeah. Veruca Salt. I'm going to go listen to that album. I have it on vinyl, actually. I also have it on vinyl. Yes. I love, and I, I love the Oasis, dude. But Wonderwall was never one of my favorite songs. No, it's, it's their worst it was song. all their other songs that got me into them. Yep. They're, they're that band for me. It's the worst <laughs> song. So actually, yeah. let's go back to Bush. The One of my first concerts I saw on my own. There it is. It's a jam. Was dude. actually that album's tour. And guess who the opening band was? Was it Veruca Salt? Veruca Salt. Sick. Yeah, no, there's there's like that that album is so good. All the albums they did as the full band, sick. When it was just like they split off, terrible. Like yeah, they need I that balance like of no, they need the balance of like both like songwriters to, to make them fantastic. I agree. I also I just I'm trying to think. I saw them another time and I can't remember where it was, but I just remember it was Bush and Veruca Salt, Madison Square Garden. 1996. I still have the tour shirt. I think somewhere oh, around here, like in a box. You know, what? I couldn't. I couldn't find a Veruca Salt shirt, so I made one. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I'm sure someone on Etsy has got to make one at this point. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, they're also not like that band that everyone knows. You know, it's not no. like Nirvana, where like you can go to Target and there's a Nirvana shirt. There's it's no true. pop culture. There's not as much pop culture. Uh, yeah, and there should be because they're that album is sick. Like I, I got to them late in life. Like I, I think I found. So I actually found their more recent album from 2005. Uh, I believe it's called Ghost Notes. Yeah. I found that I was I was doing a new thing to find new music because I was bored. Is I'd go to like libraries that would sell uh, CDs for like 50 cents a dollar, and I'd be yeah. like, I've I've heard of this band. I'll um, way to go, Dan. Sorry. I'd be like, I heard of this band. Let me try this album. It's a dollar. And then I found Ghost Notes, and I was like, this is pretty sick. And yep. then I had to. I went on like eBay and got like uh, American Thighs, and I got um, Eight Arms to Hold You. And like Dude, when I listened, when I listened, so good. Yeah, when I listened to Eight Arms to Hold You, I was like, are we soulmates? It's <laughs> so underrated and not known enough that you know. All right, so I'm telling everyone out there. Go listen to Veruca Salt. I think we will blow your mind. Yeah, eight arms to hold you. That's yep. the, that's the place to start. And incredible. Like every song, I was like, this this is awesome. This song's so great. I love this song. One song I'm not in love with on the album. That's why I say a near perfect album. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So, Any guesses? Oh God. Oh. So which one off that album could be? Oh my God. I like it's it's fine. I like it well enough. It's grown on me a bit, but it's the song I skip. The only one I skip. Benjamin? It's Benjamin, yeah. Because it's, yes. it's the most boring song. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, all right. So I agree. I, I, I'm i not going to lie to you. I, I do skip that song. I also, you're going to think of words. Sometimes I will skip Sound the Bell. But oh, I think, really? I'll tell you why. Okay. 
I listened to it too much. When oh, I was okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I, right, I know that. this song. But yeah, yeah it's, it's a good album. I mean, Venus Man Trap's a great song. I love that song. Straight and Volcano Girls, obviously. Are, are oh, good Straight and Volcano Girls, incredible. I really love, um, oh, I'm having, uh, it's freezing in Bristol. Oh, oh God. It's, um, yes, that song. I know what you're talking about. Oh, I need to. I can't yeah. remember the name of it now. Shutterbug. Shutterbug, that's yes. what it's called. That song, incredible. So are you, because of that, are you like an American hi-fi fan as well? And like all that uh, stuff? You know what? I, I don't know any American hi-fi. Oh. Is, should I go listen to You should American go listen to American hi-fi. hi-fi. They're, okay. they're an associate. I think there's some members that were in Veruca Salt that were in American hi-fi or the other way around. And I think someone in Veruca Salt is also now in or was in the Smashing Pumpkins. Seriously? I think so. I don't remember who though. Interesting. I'll definitely check it out because uh, no, I always love like finding new music and stuff. I am or so new excited. old music, new old music, new old music is the way. And I, you know, I did the same thing not at libraries, but like Dan and I would always when we were younger, just if we were bored on a Saturday, we'd go to Princeton Record Exchange, yeah, and just comb through those dollar CDs and some of the stuff I found like is insane. Oh, you know, you can find some really awesome music that that you know maybe you haven't heard of before. Yep. Yep. I'm trying to think who else you should listen to other than mm, no start with American hi-fi. You tell me what you think about that. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Are you talking Uh, about pop punk? No, we're still talking about Veruca Salt. Oh, I I stepped away for a second. This is now the Veruca Salt podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll send it to you. They're a band that sings that song celebrity skin, right? I hate your guts. Ooh. I would never like to talk about that woman on this podcast. Thank you very much. You know what? That song's fantastic. Though. That is a great song. It is. It is. It's a great song. That's it, what it I mean, a, like. It's a, yeah, it's a great beginner adult people song. Like when I teach, I was like, oh, you, you like Hole? Let's do Celebrity Skin. That song's so easy. <laughs> so hold but, on. People actually like Hole? Uh, yes. Yeah. People like, I, I, people like in their 40s like Hole. Okay. That's the best way to describe it. Okay, so. I'm going to jump into this more. So those are my two favorite bands, but then there's just songs that I love from the most random artists based on like there. It's never like my taste is not like one thing. Okay. So some songs I think are dope. Adore you by Harry Styles. That's not a bad song. No. Seven rings by Ariana Grande. Such attitude. Let's see what else. Um, Ooh. uh, Do you know Maluma? uh, Maluma? No. He is a, a Colombian singer, uh, reggaeton. I love reggaeton. I think it's dope. What a great drumming. singer. Yeah. Um, Bang Bang by Jesse J. What a great song. So that's amazing. So going back to- Was that, was that Harry Styles rock song that he had? Oh, uh, Kiwi. Kiwi. That's a good yeah. song too. That song's a jam, dude. Yeah, that is a jam. My yeah. students introduced me to, to that. I have students that are obsessed with Harry Styles and- Obviously, BTS too. They had to like prep. Yeah. There, there was like, we got damn, we got to play you. My Thursday band wanted to play me that song. We're gonna play a few. It's Harry Styles. Don't get scared. It's not gonna be corny. We promise. Oh no! You know what? He has great songs. I was like, yeah, that's a good song, dude. He he's definitely the the Paul McCartney of that group. Um, so this Maluma guy is a, a violin player. No, uh, he's just like a, a reggaeton singer. Here, let me. Yeah, Let so find- it looks like it looks like there's two Malumbas, but um, I'll, I'll definitely look into it. So my Motown, I'm in a Motown cover band, and um, sick. We'll we'll randomly turn songs into Motown songs, 
and we took Ariana Grande's No Tears Left to Cry and made it anything. And I got to tell you, that is that was my gateway song into Ariana Grande. That girl is good. She can sing. She can if you sing. even if yep. you even watch her do like her impressions of other singers on like so, SNL, insane. Yes. Wheel of Celebrity Voices on uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon, I think it was. You ever, have you ever seen that? Okay. No, I, th- I probably looked it up because she's done it on a couple of things. But Has she? It blows my mind every time. Her Christina Aguilera is spot on. Ridiculous, yeah. And then her Shakira just makes me laugh. That too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Shakira just makes me laugh in general, but um, just I, I which is saying something, but. She does actually have some good songs as well. Yeah, Shakira's got some great tunes. Okay, Shakira, I found a yeah, Shakira's like, yeah. All right, now as as a Colombian, she's like the pride of Colombia. She's got to be. She's got to be. I uh, I remember what was that first song of hers that came out? She absolutely is. Yeah. Whenever, wherever, wherever man. That that's one. Yeah, oh my god. Dude, that's a jam, man. I that was good. I, where did I see her live doing that? Her band was like Super twenty Bowl. people. Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, Super Bowl halftime. She did with no, 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 no. no. I, I remember Lopez. watching it. It might have been like SNL when we were kids, and she had like twenty people on stage playing like traditional. And instruments. she always had a, a ginormous amazing. band. But amazing, but that's the Latin thing. You got to have all the percussion, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, which I love. And we're teaching Latin. We're teaching about that. We we actually finally introduced Latin music into the curriculum Good. at the school I teach at this year. Because, like, you know, it was always it was always a lot of, you know, African-American music and that stuff. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, there's more there's more Hispanic kids than there are black kids in this school. We need to teach them about Latin music also. Oh, also, Latin music's sick. Yeah, and Latin yes. music's cool. And, so like, maybe I'm a little and, yeah. biased because, you know, of, of, like, my family, but it's so good. Just got to learn the claves, man. Yeah, you got to learn. And it's just how you make groove from all the different instruments. You need to have those ginormous bands just to make a proper, true Latin groove. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, another great song, Cry For Me by Camila Cabello. So we are actually taking a whole bunch of her songs and turning them into Motown songs right now. Oh, that's fun. Um, with them, and then um, what was the other one we're doing? Um, there's another artist that we're doing it to. This is what we do. We just, we're like, all right, what can, what can we make into Motown songs for a band with a horn section? And that's, that's basically what we do. Do you guys, co- speaking of that Kelly Clarkson tune, do you guys cover that song, Underneath the Tree? It's on that the list. Is, that song's essentially a Motown song. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, we're, we're in the middle. The one we're working on right now, um, and I, you know, I'm not going to hijack this podcast, but we're, we're working on turning uh, War Pigs. So we're, War Pigs into a Motown song? So funny enough, and it's not like like the cake version of War of War Pigs, which is like I don't know if you've ever heard that. Uh, I it, haven't. Um, it's 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 very funky, but it's not it's not Motown. It's like too straight ahead. But you know, my my bass player, who is he is an amazing amazing bass player. Uh, he he just said it to me one day. He's like, guys, he's like. Black Sabbath is just a blues band. He's like, we can do this. They're just a heavy blues band. And yeah, it took me, and, and I've loved them for so long. I'm like, holy shit, you're right. They're just a blues band. And I went back and listened to everything, and I was like, holy crap. I'm in love with this band more than I was. <laughs> Tommy Iommi is just, oh. All right. Yeah, but yeah, so, that's what Sabbath is. They just, they're, they're, it's, I mean, it's all minor pentatonic scales, the solos. It's all blues scale riffs. I mean, that's just what they are. Yep. All right. So, Kate, we're going to have to wrap up here. So you have three songs out already. It's Spotify and, and Apple Music and SoundCloud and everywhere. And it's – give them your uh, at one more time. 
at I, I am Kate, right? I am I am Kate Ortiz. I yeah. am Kate and then Ortiz. On all those stream platforms, it's just Kate Ortiz, and I believe I'm the only one. So, that's awesome. What's yeah. What's the name of the third song? I believe I don't think we ever caught the name of it. Oh yeah, the third song is called "That Isn't Me." That one just came out on the 18th. You have when's your next one going to be released? Um, I have to set that up. The next one will be mid to late January. I don't have awesome. a date on that one just yet. And that one. Do you know the song yet? Yes, it's called Nothing at All. Will this be a, a Jeff produced thing, or are you? Yeah, this is it? this is one that Jeff did, and um, yeah, all the other ones that uh, I, I haven't done with Jeff, I'm doing with uh, Genevieve, and she's mixing them, and we're kind of like co-producing them as well. Nice. So I, I have an idea, Kate. I think we're going to have you on in a new year again. I think we're going to invite, uh, since you're releasing one of Jeff's tracks, maybe we'll have you and Jeff on at the same time and we'll go through the track. Excellent. I think that's a good idea. Um, gonna, also, going to go south quickly. Oh, it's going to, and I can't wait. Uh, so also, Kate, you uh, graciously have recorded an acoustic performance of one of your songs that I'm going to tag on today in the podcast or I'm going to listen to. What song uh, is everyone going to get to hear? This this song is one that's going to be out in February, and it's called Rotten. Rotten. I like it. So, everyone, uh, once uh, we say goodbye, please stay on the podcast, and you'll get to hear a preview of the February song Rotten. And please go check out Kate. Um, I, I'm really excited for all this, the whole monthly song thing. It's like a subscription service. I love that. <laughs> and um, we'll go from there. Dan, thank you. This is an awesome podcast. Bring more of your friends yes, it on. Was thanks for having me on too. No, thank you guys for having I like, me. I like, I like, I like this. I like this Ed McMahon sort of role I'm kind of doing here. <laughs> okay, yeah, I get it. I like that. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Yeah, you're Carson. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, I'll be Johnny Carson. I mean, you could be someone else, and I could pick a different assistant. We can do Conan and Andy if you want. Ooh, I like Andy. Kate. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm Thank super you. excited that this worked out. And I think, yeah, I think in January or early February, you got to come back on again with Jeff and we'll do this again. Sounds good to me. All right, everyone. So uh, this podcast is part of the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Uh, this one is actually pretty interesting because it's half PCC, half getting grilled. You can find this random Tuesdays of the year uh, on Anchor, Apple Music, and pretty much everywhere else you find uh, your podcast. I would say we're everywhere now, pretty I much. I think we are everywhere. I think, I think we're Apple, on every platform now, yeah. I think Apple Podcast was a was the uh, last Pandora one. Pandora was, Pandora was, took a while. Pandora, too, Spotify, yeah. they all took, but we're here. We're yeah. ready to go. And this well, is Spotify, also part. Spotify took a while to become like podcast friendly. It, it, yeah. It was Spotify's problem, not our problem. Yep. Uh, also, 
Thank you for Johnny Bones for making this part of his 12 Days of Christmas, even though I'm Jewish and he didn't include me because he's an asshole. And um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see everyone soon. Have a good one. Bye. I want to thank Kate Ortiz one more time for coming on the show. And I also want to thank Dan Haas for co-hosting this episode of Getting Grilled with me. You can find Getting Grilled usually on Tuesdays on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. You can also find me on the Pop Culture Collective with Dan Haas and also our friend Johnny Bones. You can find me at Getting Grilled Podcast on Instagram and only Instagram. And without further ado, I want to share a track that Kate recorded for us here on the Getting Grilled Podcast. Here is her track coming out in February called Rotten. Can I about?
about it I can't 